0: My name is Jeremiah, and I'm here with four great people I've always enjoyed either seeing or discussing movies with, Alicia, Laura, Mia, and Steven. So let's start off by introducing ourselves for listeners. Uh, Alicia, what's the last good movie you saw?
1: Uh, the last good movie I saw was uh, an older movie. It's called Orlando, um, starring Tilda Swinton. It came out in the early 90s. I think it must have been like an art house film um, based on the novel by Virginia Woolf. And uh, it just follows the life. This person basically stays young forever. And it just sort of follows that person's life. I remember that was pretty groundbreaking at the time. Yeah, I didn't see it back then. But um, but but yeah, it still felt pretty uh, different from anything that I've seen.
0: I've only seen clips from that. I don't really know what it's about or anything. But it, Tilda Swinton, always good
1: yeah yeah she's great um yeah she basically um the character becomes like a favorite of queen elizabeth the when she's like on her deathbed and she tells him he can keep his property and his like estate in perpetuity as long as he stays young forever and basically he stays young forever <laughs> and uh you go through all of like the different periods of english history following him and at a certain point, he wakes up one day and he's a woman. And so then you're following her through some eras of English history. It kind of sounds like Forrest Gump, the way I'm describing it. <laughs> but. It definitely it, it plays a lot with gender from the
2: from the beginning. It, it's a pretty incredible film.
0: And Laura, what about you?
2: I saw one night in Miami that I thought was extremely well done. Um, obviously, it's a play that was turned into a film, and sometimes that can be really not successful like something like the house of yes from years ago i thought was a little flat but um just the the performance level and that i just thought it was a very very well done film really enjoyed watching it i also watched mank but i'm still kind of dizzy by it and i don't i'm not sure i got it (laughs) to be honest so
0: Right. I, I liked Mink and uh I mean that one connects to what we're gonna be doing on the show, maybe. Yeah. But um and we started to watch one night in Miami, Mia and I, but uh we started it like too late and we need to we were like, Oh, we need to turn this off and come back to it another time. But we haven't done <laughs> that yet. Yeah,
3: um, it was good. Yeah, I think it was, it was just good. not the movie to start watching at like ten PM, at least for us. Yeah, we're old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um okay. Well, Mia, what about you?
3: The last I mean I feel like I've seen a lot of really good movies recently which has been nice. We've been watching a lot of Cohen Brothers movies which is cool. Um but I would say it is The Sound of Metal um which was so good and was also fun to watch like an actual new movie that I you know probably would have seen in theaters uh if not for COVID, but I thought Riz Ahmed was so good in it, just like so 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 good and I really liked just the you know, the story, the idea of having a movie that's about music, but without a lot of sound in it or without him hearing, um, is very inspirational in a lot of ways. I just thought it was really good all over.
0: Um, well, Steven, what did you see?
4: It's funny. I watched On the Waterfront and I'd never seen it before. Um, I had actually started watching it because I watched the tail end of North by Northwest and, um, even Marie Saint was in it, and then they did a little speech afterwards talking about because I think it was on like Turner Classic Movies about how different her character was and on the waterfront. And I'd never seen it, so I just decided I would I would just go ahead and watch it. So it was really amazing. It was really well shot and well done. I'm sure everybody's seen that at, at this point, but um, it just made me really think about like how. Movies were kind of made in the 50s. As they are now, they're just a little bit different. They're like real actors, you know, who who really embodied their parts. And she was so different than she was in North by Northwest, I kind of forgot it was even her.
2: Is that film on our list?
4: I don't think it is.
0: No. That'll be something we get to. um, Like, what is and isn't on this list we're going to be going from.
3: Casablanca is not on this list. Yeah, she was incensed I just can't wrap my mind around it all, (laughs) so...
0: Well, the the movie that I'm gonna name check is Inside Llewyn Davis. I guess just because we've been, like Mia said, uh, rewatching a lot of Coen Brothers movies, and that was one that it was more one of the more recent ones we rewatched, and I liked it. I've liked that movie better each time I've seen it. I think this was like at least the third time I've seen it. Should we set up what the show is for people? Sure. Should we go ahead and yeah. do that? Because I feel like we're already starting to kind of get into it without kind of do telling it. people. So in case it wasn't clear from the name, this is going to be a podcast where we have group discussions and movies, uh, as we already have started to do. And uh, it'll mainly be the five of us, but we hope to be able to expand the discussion outside of the podcast. We're hoping it can function kind of like a book club where we'll all watch the same movie and then come together to discuss it. And if anyone wants to watch along with us and share their own opinions, we invite you to do that either by joining us in our Facebook group or sending your opinions in either written or recorded, and we'll tell you how to do that later in the show. Um, We're going to start off, though, by watching movies that have appeared on the poll that Sight & Sound magazine puts out every 10 years. And in case you're not familiar with it, Sight & Sound is a British film magazine that began polling critics in 1952 to put together their lists. And as arbitrary as these sorts of lists can be or seem, This is one that's done either a pretty good job of reporting on or actually helping to form the conventional wisdom among critics and cinephiles, at least, about which movies are the best ever made. Maybe a little bit of both, reporting and helping to form the opinions. And maybe the biggest example of this, in my opinion, is Citizen Kane, which came out in 1941, was ranked at number two on their first poll in 1952 from Sight and Sound then was at number one from 1962 all the way until 2012 when it dropped back to number two, uh, right behind Vertigo. So I'm pretty sure Citizen Kane's placement on the poll is at least a significant piece of how it managed to gain its kind of ubiquitous reputation as, quote unquote, the greatest film ever made. Whether it actually is or not, and whether that matters, because again, lists are arbitrary, but I don't know, there's something to talk about. And I I think that that'll be something we probably discuss throughout the the course of this podcast, maybe. Um, And with another poll coming out next year, we thought watching some of the movies that have been on the poll could be a good starting point for this podcast. So it's really just sort of a prompt for us, a way to get going on this. Um, So I'm curious, did any of you know about the Sight and Sound poll um, in any way, shape, or form when I suggested we do this?
3: No. I did not. I'd only heard about it through you.
0: I wasn't sure how well known this poll was or not.
2: I hadn't. It's it was an it's an interesting list in in terms of why they chose that Godard or that you know Bergman. It, mm-hmm. It's I would love to watch all of these again and r- really think about them for the sake of the podcast. Actually,
1: I would have thought that as an Anglophile, I would have heard of this magazine, but I never have. Um, <laughs> But, um, but no, I, it's an interesting list and I have seen not, not half of them, but, um, like 16 of them or something. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to revisit them because I also have forgotten a lot of the ones that I have seen. Um, and there's definitely some on there that I've always wanted
4: to see. And then there's a whole bunch that I've never heard of.
0: (laughs) And. Stephen, did you want to say something?
4: Yeah, I just wanted to say that I had heard of the magazine Sight and Sound before. I used to read it in college um, just because those are the movies that um, a lot of my friends seem to enjoy. So that was kind of a good starting place um, to, to look for movies to see. And they also had really nice synopses in the back of, of what was coming out. Um, but yeah, furthermore, I haven't seen most of these movies. Um, I've heard of most of them. And then I was in the same boat kind of as Laura. Like, I think I've seen some of these, but they were so long ago that I don't remember them. So I'm looking forward to seeing them again, um, just to pique my my memory again.
3: Yeah, I've seen 10, I think, up from the list. Um, and But I have a horrible memory for movie plots. So mm. out of those 10, I mean, I probably don't remember main parts of all 10 of those. Um, so I'm really looking forward to doing this and seeing more of them, especially the international ones, because I've seen hardly any, if any, of those.
0: And so there are 51 movies that have appeared on the poll since 1952, either in the top 10 or as next runners up. And that's that's what we're pulling together for the list that we're going to pick movies from. In those years, they've done seven polls of critics and three of directors. They started polling directors separately in 1992. So they've done three of those at this point. And I, I know you guys already kind of started to say, but why don't we just go back around and say how many we've each seen uh, of those 51 movies.
4: 10. I've seen 11 of them, which is kind of low, but I think maybe I saw four of those on top of that. <laughs> so I, I, I'm going to stick with 11 though.
0: Alicia?
1: I 16 and a half because there's <laughs> one movie on there that I could not finish. Uh, and I'm still not sure if I'll be able to finish it, but I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs> so let's go with 16.
0: And Laura, how many did you say?
1: Definitely
2: 14. Okay. There's a few on there that I think I've watched or pretended to watch if i was on a date or something and trying to (laughs) trying to mac but definitely 14
0: i've seen 36 but that's definitely a lot that i don't even really remember anything from them i remember like sitting in a little cubicle in a library watching it more than i remember the movie itself and for a lot of them but um yeah that's
2: how you used to watch your movies
0: well, well, at,
2: kind of interesting.
0: in college, like the school library had like a really big archive, but you had to sit there at a little monitor watching them. And it was like movies that you couldn't get anywhere because there was no streaming yet and there, they weren't on video or anything. And like I got to college and there was like this backlog of movies that I'd always wanted to see.
2: Were they on projector? Or no,
0: like a- they would be on different things. Some VHS, like really bad transfers. Some were like Laserdisc. I don't think right. many were on DVDs yet at this point. This was like the late '90s, so.
2: Yeah, I remember. I worked at a video store then called Scarecrow Video, and um, it's kind of famous. Actually, it's a nonprofit now. Where is that? Uh, in Seattle, Washington, uh-huh. it was an incredible, bizarre experience, and laser discs were the big thing mm-hmm. that was that art claim to fame.
0: So, we all agreed in advance to do something kind of like a draft to decide which movies we're gonna watch first from this collection of movies that have been on the poll. Um so with the person who'd seen the fewest picking first, then person who'd seen the next fewest, and so on and so on.
4: Yeah. So
0: Mia, what what are you what is your pick? Yeah. When we've all kept these secret from each other to
4: this point, right? <laughs> so.
3: so my pick to watch first is the Passion of Joan of Arc. I am curious to watch this because When I first met Jeremiah, I remember him saying this is one of his favorite movies, and I'd never heard of it before, and it seemed like an interesting movie to be a favorite of a person (laughs) as someone who went to Catholic school for 10 years, and I feel like is still traumatized by that on a regular basis. So it's always just kind of been in my head. We've like talked about watching it a few times. We haven't. So anyways, it just jumped out to me on the list as like a movie that I've had in the back of my mind for a while. So that is my pick. All right. We're going to start with a laugh riot then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: uh,
0: so Stephen, you're up next. What are you picking?
4: Um, I'm picking the Magnificent Ambersons because um, people used to call my last name is Anderson. Um, and so people used to call us the Magnificent Andersons. Um, so <laughs> I ended up looking that up to see what movie it was. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, I do remember this. Um, it's an Orson Welles movie. So um, I did enjoy Citizen Kane. I was one of the few people, I guess, who, who consider that one of their favorite movies. Um, and I have seen touch of evil. So I was curious to see how he handled this specific type of drama. Um, so that was my pick.
0: Yeah. That one one has a whole interesting story about its production and all that I'm sure we'll get to in that episode. Uh, Laura, you're up next.
2: Well, I'm going with the cane, you know, I am going OG. Plus with Mank, Mank I thought was really visually amazing and, really smart film, you know, it's a little hard to take Gary Oldman as, you know, 43 year old sprightly Mm -hmm. writer. And I had some other issues with it, but um, some of the performances were incredible. And and now I just want to rewatch Citizen Kane, a film that I've seen, but that I need, I don't know if I really saw it. I know I was in my teens and it's time to visit again.
4: Yeah, I took a college class in film noir, and we had to take that. We had to, that was one of the first uh, movies that we we had to watch, and it really affected me. I love that movie a lot. It's just, there's, it's so dense. You can watch it a couple of times, and get something new every time, so it'll
2: be good. I'm almost mad at myself that I haven't re-watched it
4: since
1: that first time.
0: Alicia, what's your pick?
1: I had come up with two picks, and they both already got mentioned. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> So I'm kind of, uh, I think I'm just gonna pick the first movie on the list, which is Tokyo Story. Um, I kind of Googled that the other day um, and it seemed uh, like an interesting story about um, Japanese culture and how they, um, how they prized, how they valued the elderly. Um, But this story seems to kind of Show you both sides of like some people that value them and some people that don't value them and anyway I don't know I thought it sounded interesting so is and that Ozu? I sh- I mean I should Google it. Hmm? Ozu the director? I-,
0: I think so. I'm not positive about that though.
1: I'm not sure.
2: I
0: didn't check that. But I should okay. know because that was going to be my pick. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> but yeah, I I've been wanting to watch that because like i one thing is like i'm pretty sure it came onto the sight and sound poll kind of late even though it's from like 1952 or so i think but it it didn't enter the poll until later like it might have been on it and then it went away and and it's it's a movie that a lot of filmmakers in recent years have have cited as a very important movie to them so i feel like that's a thing that happens with this list a lot is that for for some reason like a, a film will come back into vogue and then it'll be on these lists, especially from the director's side. I think. I think that changed things up when they started having the directors' poll. So did I was kind of curious about collection it.
2: Collection just um, release it. Sorry. Um. Did the Criterion I Collection? Mean,
0: that might be part of it. Is it there, there was like <laughs> a there might have been like a restoration or something. Like I I know that seemed to have happened with Lawrence of Arabia where it wasn't on the list and then there was a a big restoration in the movie like I think in the late 80s or 90s, then it's on the list because people could see it again, you know? Um, and I think there's one or two others probably at least that that's happened with. Um, just if you look at them and know like, oh, this oh. is when this movie got a, a restoration. But yeah. okay, so since you picked to- Tokyo Story, I'm going to go with my second choice, uh, which uh, is another Japanese movie, Rashomon. And that's one I've seen before. I've never seen Tokyo Story, but I have seen Rashomon. It's just been a really long time since I've seen it, and I, I've been wanting to revisit it anyway. So this seemed like a good, good reason.
4: That was my second choice, by the way, Jeremiah. I was going to choose. That. Yeah. So I think we're all on the same page, kind of, with a lot of these movies. Yeah, it's kind of.
1: It'll be interesting to have five different takes on a movie that's about a bunch yeah. of different
0: takes. <laughs> right, right. So we we kind of already started to talk about this, but I think we'll probably talk about what the list is and stuff like over the course of doing this show. I was just curious though, does anyone have questions about the list that we could like try to delve into as we're talking about the movies if we're interested in doing that?
2: Um do you have like a few bullet points about the list that you can give us that would help context?
0: I could get the ball rolling cuz like one thing I'm curious about is like I'm not sure there's one movie on this list directed by a woman or by I don't think a, a black director Uh, I'm not sure there is because I don't know every movie on the list like uh, by heart or who directed it but let's just assume there's few so that's something I'm kind of I think is worth keeping in mind as we watch the stuff I noticed that as well I did wonder and since there's a new poll coming out next year like I wonder if part of our discussions about these movies could be like um, about what movies could be added to the poll or we would hope could be added to the poll. Like if, especially if we watch a movie and we're like, why the fuck is this on this list? You know, <laughs> but
1: yeah. How do they actually compile the list every year? They, cause I mean, obviously there's nothing on this, on the list that we have. There's mm-hmm. nothing past 1980. It's raging bull. Right. Yeah. Uh,
0: um, that's something that they, I don't know if have been criticized for, but like, I know going into 2012, people were hoping there'd be a movie from the last like 10 or 20 years on the list. Um, Because like, that's something that the list has become sort of like being stodgy, becoming stodgy. Because like, if you look at it early on, obviously, like there weren't as many movies because the history of cinema was much shorter in 1952 than it is in 2022, or will be in 2022. So obviously, any movie they picked was going to be from the last 30 years, give or take, you know, but as this has gone on, they've kind of stuck to earlier movies and haven't really added that much from more recent decades. And I know people have been like kind of disappointed by that. So that could be something we look at, I guess. But, um, yeah, cause I know going into 2012, people were hoping that either Mulholland drive or maybe in the mood for love Would would pop into the top ten because I think they're hovering in the top twenty five or thirty if you look at the other polls. Because like in more recent years, they've actually shown a longer list. Like because to Alicia's question, basically Sight and Sound just like sends out this poll to a bunch of respected critics, and it's been more critics over the years because they've tried to expand it from just being like mainly British critics at first, and then maybe some other European critics to being more from around the world. And then, of course, like in more recent polls, they've had the director's poll. Um, But I don't know like all the particulars of how they pick which critics to poll for it. I don't know that. But um, I'm curious about it too.
3: Do they release who responds?
0: Yeah, in more recent years. I don't think they've always done that. Um, But I think in more recent years, they'll publish everybody's top 10. Um, Because I think every, every... Critic polled or director polled, they list ten movies and then they, you know, aggregate that to make the the greatest films list that they put out. But then they'll publish like uh, all the other people's polls. Yeah, I mean, I'm just
3: assuming that they probably send it to overwhelmingly white male critics and directors. Yeah, I I mean, unless they're making like special efforts to make up for presumably not doing that for decades of doing this so you know obviously there's a ton of reasons why there aren't more female directors but I'm sure there are movies that should be on this list that have been directed by women right that just don't rise to the same value to yeah male directors and critics
0: well I think there's two two answers to that though because like I think that there aren't as many movies by women because they haven't been allowed to make them which isn't right of course but um, it's only been in more recent years that there has been a push to have more inclusion on like the critical side of the movie industry, but also behind the camera and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I know that like that's been a topic of discussion in like movie critic circles in the recent years of there should be more critics of more backgrounds and uh, because that would help to bring attention to Movies by different types of people as well. Um, so I do wonder if, if the sight and sound poll will like react to that in the 2022 poll, because that's what I find interesting about this poll that it comes out every 10 years. Like so much happens in 10 years that I just am curious, like if they're going to actually seem to move forward or if they're just going to be like, we're just going to double down on what we've been doing for 70 years now. <laughs>
2: Like the Grammys,
0: yeah, I guess, yeah,
2: (laughs) doubling down like every the Golden Globes, I guess, nominated three female
1: directors, I think, for best director.
0: Yeah, which I, yeah, we'll see if like the Oscars do.
1: The only movie I saw that came out in twenty twenty, in was Palm Springs. Oh, that was so good. (laughs) Yeah, I loved it. It was really, it was really great, but. Um, but yeah, but I haven't. I wasn't even like aware of like movies this year, so I'm I'm interested to see what gets nominated, so I can go back and watch yeah. Yeah. all of last year's movies this year.
2: For me, this year's been been a lot about self care and trying to protect myself from any more, <clears throat> you know, jarring emotional stuff. So there's been some films that I've avoided. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people might doing that yeah. just to try and make myself feel better
4: i've been just watching comfort food movies most of the time i don't want to invest in something that i it's going to cause me like any more agitation mm-hmm.
1: yeah <laughs> if, you, you know. if i
4: know how something's going to end i'll be more you know even if it's a dr- dramatic movie at least i know how it's going to end so i'll be more prone to watch something right like, yeah. watch, so. um, like you need a warm blanket to... in the like <laughs> yeah.
2: cold cold covid winter
4: yeah
2: <laughs> I think that might be the case for a lot of us that you know we're just consuming things just to try and stay mentally busy but yeah but well that
4: really- was the funny oh, yes. thing about watching um watching them um, on the waterfront like it really kind of affected me because i do tend to watch the same things over and over again but the way that that was crafted it really made me think of the performances and and the way that it was put together and maybe it was it's a bias of like movies back then were just put together differently than now. And I just wasn't used to that style because I haven't seen anything kind of from that period in a while. So I really paid attention to it more than I would have say if I had just watched something that was made like, you know, last year, you know, because I'm kind of more familiar with that kind of filmmaking because it's more modern. And the stuff that I had watched before, you know, from 1954, you're like, oh wow, this is really different.
1: I'm just gonna say, hopefully, this list will break us, break me at least, out of my like comfort zone <laughs> Get back yeah. into like um, well, zone.
0: I mean, looking at the 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 first ones we're starting off with, Passion of Joan of Arc, Magnificent Ambersons, Citizen Kane, Tokyo Story, and Rashomon. I mean, none of those are is exactly like a light romp. <laughs> If if any of them is magnificent Ambersons is, uh, and, and that one is a stretch.
4: So
1: I don't think any of the movies on here are, are like comfort, comfortable. That
4: was Uh, another question that I had had. I was like, these movies are very, they're very heavy. It looks like,
2: well, there's certain, I mean, aspects to Fellini films that can be light through. Yeah. I mean, the arguments that Dr. Strangelove is obviously. Mm
0: -hmm. There's some Chaplin and Keaton in there. Right. If it's funny, it has to be old. For them to give a shit about <laughs> exactly. it. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, no sound. <laughs> no sound in our comedies.
3: Um, Alicia, if you do want a 2020 movie recommendation, when I was looking back through like movies I'd watched in the last year to try and think of the last good one, um, Invisible Man, The mm-hmm. Invisible Man, yeah, yeah was oh. one of the last movies that I probably, maybe the last that I saw in theaters. That or uh, Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey was after. Yeah. Anyways, one of the like handful of movies I saw in theaters this year, and it was looked so cheesy from the previews. i had been making fun of it for months every time that we saw a preview for it. But it's so good. It's really scary. So if you're like in the mood for a really scary movie, um, I love. I highly great. recommend it. Yeah. Cool. I do I love
1: this.
2: I've read some really good things about it. It's so good, even though it was marketed and looked. It looked like bad. It, it did. Yeah. It, it, that people said it's really well done scary yeah. film. Yeah.
1: I remember when you and Marianne came to visit me in LA Stephen that I think you guys were talking about that movie or a billboard or something but I wasn't like really listening to you guys I don't know what, what I was I think I was like watching what, where we were going and at some point I heard you say Elizabeth Moss is in there or in it or something and I we were like next to a target and I was like Elizabeth Moss is in that Target. <laughs> <laughs> she would be. She seems like the kind
2: of person that would go to that Target. are
4: just like us.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> He's not listening to anything we're saying.
3: <laughs> no, sorry.
2: <laughs> Elizabeth Moss shops at Target. <laughs>
3: <Either
2: way. laughs> I believe it. So, the first movie we're watching is The Passion of Joan of Arc. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's going to make me want to cut my hair again. So I'm a little worried. (laughs) Because those kinds of things inspire me.
0: So you should text us when you're starting to watch it and we'll keep checking in on you.
3: (laughs) Put the scissors down. I hope it inspires me to cut my hair. I haven't gotten a haircut since last. It was like literally the last thing I did before we went underground. And it's like the last four inches of my hair are just disgusting.
2: You guys so. don't cut each other's hair in like a married couple thing? Yeah, I've cut Jeremiah's, but
3: oh. but my friend huh. actually told me last it night. With uh, pro Mia. No. <laughs> my friend also has curly <laughs> hair, and she was like, oh, no, you just got to do like a ponytail in the front. It's like a unicorn thing. So she's going to no, send like me that. a video, and I'm going to try it. But
0: <laughs> Should we wrap up the podcast? We don't, oh, have yeah. to, we don't have to get we off to the, about- the Zoom. So like we said before, this Stereoactive Movie Club isn't supposed to just be the five of us chatting. We want it to be an open discussion for people who want to be included. So the first movie we're watching, again, is Passion of Joan of Arc. Um, so we invite you to watch it and share your thoughts. You can do that by joining our Facebook group at facebook.com groups slash Stereoactive Movie Club. Or you can email us at StereoactiveMovieClub at gmail.com. Or you can send us a voice message on our show page at anchor.fm slash Stereoactive Movie Club. So you won't forget that name, will you? (laughs) Um, Well, thanks for listening. And thank you all for being on the podcast.
2: Yeah, this was great. It was fun.
0: This podcast is produced by Stereoactive Media.